0: Two, one, we're back. We're back again. Episode eight. Episode eight, another stay in your lane episode. Uh, My name is Namir Aldura, co-host, the man, Leif Al-Bazirgan. And today is a special, special, special day. We have not only a very good friend of mine, but one of the smartest people that I know, Dr. Nicholas Maawas joining us from the U.S. of A. What's up, my man?
1: What's up, guys? How's it going?
0: Good, man. Going good, good. 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 Really good, really to, good see to see you. Guys. Yeah, really good to see you again, man. It's been it's been a really long time since we, we last seen you, man.
2: Yeah, I know it's been it's been tough. We're stuck on this side of the world. Now we can't travel. Now we can't do nothing. Um, things are changing. Things, it's it's a different world out there.
0: It is, it is. It's it's pretty wild. It's pretty wild. So we got to do our usual corona update. Um today is May ninth. We there is what four million mm-hmm. cases. Just cracked four million. Two hundred and seventy five thousand deaths. Now, since we're talking to Dr. Nick based in the US, we know that the US numbers now are getting pretty crazy. One point three yeah. million. Uh, One point three million. Eighty thousand Unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh... Unbelievable. it's tough
2: it's been it's been really tough we've been trying to follow the the numbers and they just keep getting bigger and bigger despite all the attempts here from public health officials and so forth yeah. this thing is for real sure. guys this thing is real you oh, know for sure, I'm, for sure.
1: I'm
2: trying real. to stay I'm trying to stay optimistic I don't think it's the end of the world or anything like that but but this, this thing is legit it's real it's here to stay and uh you know we all got to do our part
0: for sure to keep the- for sure. Uh, look, uh, before we get started, it'd be cool to get an introduction so people can know what kind of doctor you are, where you know where you're practicing, just to kind of get a sense of you. So, so please, man, do the introduction. I, was, I thought about doing it, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to mess it up. So, uh, uh, you know what <laughs> I'm, I mean.
2: I'm, I'm just a simple guy. Uh, my name is Nick Mawad. Uh, I'm uh, the, the chair, uh, actually the chief of vascular and endovascular surgery uh, up in uh, McLaren in, in Michigan and basically I'm involved in dealing with blood vessels, bleeding, and clotting, stuff like stroke, aneurysms, gangrene, things along those lines. I also, uh, I'm the vice chair of the Department of Surgery, so I help uh, oversee the the Department of Surgery and the other specialties as well. So, it's been keeping us busy. I also help manage for, we run a 14 hospital health system, and and I chair the uh, cardiovascular research for the health system. So, we're involved in a lot of groundbreaking either medical or device-related opportunities. So it's been pretty cool. Busy.
0: And you're also publishing as well, isn't it? You've, you've been involved in a few studies and a few journals, things like that oh, as well.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we do, we do. I work in a lot of, uh, like I said, national, international research. We present uh, internationally. Actually, I just got back. Uh, before this whole COVID thing, I was actually in Australia on oh, wow. a uh, Australia showcase kind of doing <laughs> some... Uh, teaching some stuff there and, and doing research there. But yes, work on publications, book chapters, help try to help the next generation of doctors, you know, I, I you know, to take over at some point, I guess. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. And then at the same time as doing your doctor thing, doing the writing thing, you're also an assistant professor as well, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. How do you manage your time, man? What the hell?
2: What the hell? I don't sleep very much. I, you know, I'm, I, I'm like a three and a half, four hour kind of a sleep guy. Uh and uh which is like you know, so I, I don't know. I guess the yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you, just you just manage
0: you just manage, man. You just manage amazing yeah. stuff. So, so look, obviously, you know, at the top of the list of the questions, uh, you know, really is, is what has happened now since this corona pandemic has hit the streets of the US in your experience now. So so your day in, day out, how has that transformed? because of all these things that are happening are you seeing it are you experiencing it has it changed your day daily schedule what's the impact
2: yeah that's actually a really good question that's actually it's changed everything i really believe we're going to end up living in what we call this new normal just for the talk today i'm actually taking off but we we run around with these everywhere I mean, we got masks everywhere we go in the hospital it's a requirement you know around uh around the community it's kind of required as well. They've actually extended our quarantining, our stay-at-home orders till the end of the month, and they keep pushing it every few weeks. Um, you know, it's uh, it's one of these things. you got to be a citizen of, of, of the earth to mm-hmm. deal with this. I know there's a lot of conversation about the economy and getting things back to normal, and believe me, nobody wants that more than us or all of us. But it's not, it's not a business decision. This is a medical decision. Um, and, uh, and you guys, you guys are seeing, you can see the numbers. I mean, we just topped 80,000 deaths here in the U S and you're talking with that's in six weeks, yeah. wow. you know, just over six weeks. I mean, those numbers are crazy. I and mean, I'm doing a lot of, um, you know, referring to a lot of American things, but you know, like it's more than the Vietnam, more deaths in the Vietnam, more, you know, these numbers are, are, these numbers are real. Yeah. And we only, we, we keep talking about, uh, the disease and the, the ventilators and all the personnel, but you know, I could, I could show you, rooms and rooms and rooms of, of bodies nobody wants wow. to see that
0: yep.
2: you know the stuff is real
0: so. so 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 in in your like centers that you have the 14 hospitals that you're a net, part of that network are you guys receiving COVID patients in the in your hospitals
2: we are some, some we are some some hospitals are, are busier than others and that's all based primarily on geographic location yep. so um, the bigger towns the bigger cities uh for us let's say down in detroit which is you know a little bit of Uh, Kind of, now we're still away. They're they're seeing a lot more than we are up here, but it's all based geographically for sure.
0: Okay, so so now in terms of how you're spreading your time now, I'm I'm assuming uh, that a lot of the elective cases now are being put on hold. Are you building a backlog now, or are you just as busy doing your core activities as you were before? So,
2: once the Surgeon General back in March uh, put the I don't want to say in order, but the guideline that elective surgery should be postponed, uh, we essentially stopped that completely. So we've had really no surgery whatsoever. Things that we would have operated on relatively soon previously, now we're not. We're only doing pure emergencies. So if you're coming into the emergency room and it's a matter of your life or you're going to lose your limb and you're going to get an operation. And if that's not the case, then we delay it and postpone it. I think that's important. I think a lot of people are really worried or upset that their cases are getting cancelled, and they you know they're not canceled per se i you know I think terminology is important, but- yeah. they're being deferred they're being postponed yeah. until things are safe and you still need an operation it still needs to happen yeah. it's a matter of whether or not it's safe to do so right now uh um, you know, a couple is, of weeks
0: like before. that that's that's a concern of mine like now is, it, is that impacting the lives of people exterior? Because it's, it's that debate, right? So, so you touched on something, you said that it's real and, and we know it's real, we see the numbers. But now, you know, everything's a trade-off, right? Every action is causing an outcome. Uh, and, and with that outcome, there's good and bad, right? So we do this lockdowns, uh, we're postponing elective cases how is that impacting the health system as a whole, right? Like, so we know, okay, we're controlling the, uh, the, the outbreak of the pandemic but how much people are being damaged, how much life, how much you know, outside of the pandemic. illness outside of the pandemic. Well, exactly. A- a-
2: a- excellent point. I mean, we're very concerned about that as well. I mean, in, in cardiovascular care, we always talk about um, time is tissue. The longer you wait, the worse things can happen. So we're very, very uh, concerned about that. And as a, as a matter of fact, we've been I've been involved in helping develop some registries along with a variety of other doctors and surgeons around the country, in the U.S. that is. Uh, we're actually international as well. We have some colleagues in Sweden and, and in Italy and we've created these registries of saying, hey, these people got postponed. Did they have any bad outcomes? It's interesting. We're actually starting to slowly open up back for elective surgeries, uh, actually starting this past week and moving to the next week. Uh, around 25 to 30 percent increase in capacity per week so we're hoping within four or five weeks we'll be back up to regular but the problem is that even though we're ready the patients don't want to come in and yeah.
0: that, that's the other point right is the, are the patients prepared to go to go through it man
2: Hey, they, they, we, we're we're calling and telling them, hey okay we're ready we've got we have protocols in place we can make this as safe as we possibly can and they're like hey can we wait some more can we wait some more so uh i think it's like it's, uh, yeah it's on both ends i mean you know they they don't want to come to clinic understandably so i mean I, I can understand that uh and they are they're actually they're actually requesting that we postpone their surgery even further now even though we do that is that Turning out into a poor patient outcome or to their detriment. Of course, we're still yeah. trying to figure it all out. Of course.
0: Okay, so 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 there is a balance. There's two types of patients. You have the patients that are you said we're, we're getting pissed off or saying what the hell we, we want to come in and do our surgery. We won't, we don't want to delay it. And then you have another set of patients that are saying, well, you know, I'm not ready to go into a hospital right now with all this that is happening. How's that skew? Like how's that ratio split? Is, is are you seeing majority in in the first scenario or majority on the back end of that?
2: Yeah. So a good point. Uh, you know, again, in our specialty, time is a really big issue. So they're not delaying as much as we thought for us, but we're seeing that definitely in other specialties, you know, tonsils, cataracts, you know, elective plastic stuff. You know, that stuff can, you know, wait and they don't really want to go in with that. But you're talking, you know, heart problems, gangrene, stroke. You can't exactly wait. Our bigger issue, like I said, is people that are having those problems still don't want to come in. And yeah. we're like, <laughs> yeah. yo you gotta come in. Like, you know, you have to come in, like you can't not come in. Like, well, we really wanna not come in. And I'm like, yeah, that's not exactly a smart decision. So I think it's on a base by base, uh, it's on a case by case basis, I mean, and uh, we're slowly getting more people coming in, obviously.
0: So, so in your line, in the vascular, I'm really intrigued, right? Like healthcare is, is, is obviously really important to me. Uh, it's something that I've recently developed A keen interest in and i and i really like because you're getting older i'm I'm getting older but no also from a from a a learned perspective right is that you know i I chose to do a a master's in health policy at imperial that's why i keep joking around and saying i'm a master now right um and i am a nice i I am a master for everyone to know um there's a cape on the way but it's really (laughs) it's, it's really intriguing for me to kind of understand where do you think like i think obviously the technological development or movement now has been accelerated because of the problems with COVID. Where do you see that or how do you see that impacting in terms of remote monitoring, in terms of all sorts of different kind of devices that are sending messages to physicians to try to reduce that interaction and and to try to cope with it? Like, are you seeing that change happening quicker? Are there things that are on your radar that you see, you know, that, that may be interesting for people to know? Uh, that's 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 going to be coming in into execution. so i
2: i think i think it's a double-edged sword um i think it's a double-edged sword yes we're seeing obviously a lot more remote or, or virtual visits uh actually when it comes to even being compensated you know they're actually uh, reimbursing you for those visits like you're seeing them in person so we've moved to a lot of virtual type um uh, in uh, referrals if you will consultations yeah. as you can see a lot of us are doing things via zoom now or go to meeting or whatever mm-hmm. other platforms out there so it's interesting because we never thought that we would be able to function doing everything virtually and now it, it makes a lot more sense you have less exposure uh, you have less interaction per se yeah. It also costs less. You don't have to fly people or drive people back and forth. You don't have to drive their cars back and forth. In some of our smaller towns, you know, just getting gas and driving back and forth is a problem. So this works out well yeah. uh, for a lot of people. Um, I think that the uh, televisit connectivity is fantastic, but a lot of people, at least that we take care of, don't even have um, like camera phones. So we do a lot of stuff via phone calls to their house lines. There's a lot, a lot of things, but... I caution everybody about that because now all of a sudden people think it's okay to treat a patient without actually touching it.
1: That's, I was going yeah. to ask you, you know, a question. Yeah. There has to be. Some.
2: More, that's the, that's the double-edged sword is, you know, you, everyone you think you can figure it out just by looking at a scan or something and you know, you don't, there's no patient interaction. There's no actually examining the patient, listening to their, you know, heart or whatever. You just base it all on imaging.
0: Yeah. And
2: so, you know, I think that doctor patient rapport is challenged. Uh, in this situation
0: interesting so 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 w- would you consider yourself as a proponent or a supporter of it or or not like how, you know you, you've just given the double-edged sword issue there's good and bad where do you sit on it
2: personally I, I, yeah well personally. good, good.
0: Putting, yeah putting yeah, good you good. on the spot you on the spot I, I don't think we'll ever be
2: able to replace a doctor patient relationship in person I mean, I'm i find sorry. that i mean you, you know sorry. if you're gonna if, uh, for instance, I'll actually pose it back towards you. Let's just say you need to have a uh, major operation. Let's just say I have, to, I have to open up your chest. Yeah, you're you're okay with me telling you, hey on the phone on the Zoom video hey by the way you need to have your chest cracked open. Uh, I'll see you next Monday. You know, are you? Are you, you know, it's no. it's a little little different, man. You know, oh, I got to remove this mold or something like that. So you know, or we have to do this or that. So I still think that. You know, the in-person visit is key. Obviously, we have to make sure that patients are protected and our staff are protected. You know, we don't want to be a vector for infection and vice versa. So I I think for a variety of things, follow-ups, you can do a lot of things via phone or telephone or video. True. True. I think you know, when you want to start doing some major stuff, I think, at least for me, I would prefer
1: makes sense i think it would work well as a triage so it's like the first interaction well, that you can have with them and then you can filter out where no you really need to come in let's schedule yeah. in you know if you've taken most of the information down when they come in the, the process is much more efficient and faster
2: i agree I, I, and we've seen that actually i just had somebody yesterday with the same situation you know i was talking to them on the phone they were saying something i looked at their test it was saying something else and the two things were just not actually no, they're so. not yeah. I was like, look, well, you got to come in. I mean, I can't, like, you know, I'm, I can't figure this out on the phone. And, uh, you know, your test says something different. This doesn't make any sense. Like, I got to see you to know. And actually, I saw him yesterday, and he actually needs an operation. So we booked him on. Oh, He's no getting way. one on Monday. Oh,
0: no yeah. way. No way. Okay. okay. Cool. Now, now, obviously, again, I'm, I'm going to try, you know, just for, for everyone to know. Mm-hmm. So in, in your specialty, you're generally dealing with arteries, with veins, uh and the, what the lymphatic system is that is that the correct terminology am i am i sounding that's, that's correct All right. Right. that's good see yeah. you're impressed yeah. now well, sounds, sounds masterful what <laughs> sounds do you think masterful <laughs> <laughs> now now i know there's been like a lot of development towards minimally invasive uh therapies or surgeries now are you a big proponent of that and just for everyone to know so so the difference what, what they consider as minimally invasive is generally like cath labs um, it's where they're going in through an endoscopy yeah. kind of method or a small pinhole uh, inc- uh, incision, End, right?
2: Endovascular, yeah, endovascular,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, as opposed to cracking someone open, as you right, just said, right? right? So now, how's your split between the two? Are you spending more time in the cath labs or in the ORs?
2: So we we do the minimally invasive stuff, which is what we call endovascular. We do that actually in an OR. It's it's in a hybrid so, lab, okay, in a hybrid so, lab. Right, okay. But you know, but but that lab is fitted to allow you to do convert back and forth as necessary. So you can do a lot of that in a cath lab or you can do it in an OR that's equipped to do that. And so we are, our facility here is equipped to do that. I'd say it's probably 60, 40, um, you know, endo, which is minimally invasive, which is actually uh, very unusual. Most places are around 80, 85% wow. endo. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of places don't do a lot of open anymore uh, just because either they're not experienced enough or they're not comfortable enough. Uh, We fortunately uh, over here we have a very big open practice, and we're a referral center. So a lot of places in the community that won't do it will send it to us. To you guys, and uh, at least geographically over here, uh, we take care of a lot of that. So that that is an unusual um, breakup. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, we
0: do a lot of. And and are you a fan of it? Like, do you see that as the way forward? Do you see that more of that's going to happen, less of the invasive (laughs)
2: stuff? I think, I think minimally invasive is the way forward, I think. You know, the question is, what's the durability of all that? And we're, you know, we have a lot of studies looking at that nowadays, but it's also, it's also patient driven. It's consumer driven. My example, because a lot of people don't know much about vascular. And so my example is this, you know, you have a heart attack. You want to go have a heart stent and go home the next day, or do you want to have your chest open and have a heart bypass and then recover for eight weeks at home? Yeah. Same thing, it's, it's, you know, so the same scenario. So, But I, I feel like when I make that analogy, people will understand that a little bit easier. Um, you know, you'd rather you'd rather get what you have to have done and get back to your normal life as soon as possible.
0: True, we, we, the hopes that the outcome is, is just as good, though, right? I, I, I wouldn't want to sacrifice the outcome just to, you know, to avoid getting my oh, yeah. chest
2: opened it, up. Right? 100%, and, then, and, then, and no physician should do that. I mean, just because it's, um, you know, sexier or shorter or faster if the outcome is not durable, then then you shouldn't be offering that. Yeah. And,
1: so their and, and I don't. Their condition mainly dictates which path you go with. A, a,
2: a, a, absolutely. So yeah. if you're if you're a younger person, you're generally going to get a, a more of an open procedure because we know that it's durable, twenty, yeah. thirty years to last or whatever it may be. Versus, you know, if you're you know older and sicker, you know the stress of surgery may be a little bit more of a problem. You'll have a hard time dealing with that. Rook-up. So, definitely, yeah. I mean, there's there's two sides of that coin, and people will debate that back and forth. But but yeah, durability is the most important thing.
0: Okay. I'm, I'm going to pull it back, and I'm going to pull you back into the COVID world once again. And I'm going to ask you uh, an opinion, right? Because this has been a debate uh, that we've engaged in and I've engaged with some other people about, is the lockdown necessary? Uh, was it kind of conducted in the right you know, in the right way, or were we a bit jumpy in the beginning to do the full, complete lockdown? And you can see now a lot of countries uh, are trying to follow like examples like Sweden, which has opened up, um, or or always had a kind of a more of a, a lax approach to it. So where do you stand on that? Are you are you a proponent of the lockdown, or are you saying that listen, people need to get out? The high risk individuals, older people, immune uh, sensitive or deficient, you guys stay home and everyone else go out and take your chances? Like, wh- where do you stand on that?
2: So, uh, like your master's in public health, I did one too. My focus was on health policy and health education and promotion. And so, the you know, health, well, the public health guidelines are basically, you know, mitigation, suppression, containment are, are really important. I, I, I think that, uh, I personally believe that we should be on lockdown, and I, think it, I don't think it was aggressive enough, oh, wow. is what I think.
0: In the U.S., I think so, right? Like, I, you know, here in Dubai, and I've, I've been saying it, in Dubai, we did go quite aggressive, yeah. right? So they did a full lockdown. You needed a permit to go out. There was limitations on the movements, and, and it seemed to be quite effective, and those are now slowly being lifted, right? Um, but I think in the U.S., you guys are still kind of free to...
2: to yeah, move. we're, you know, it's just kind of up in the air here. I think, you know, the the lockdown is, again, this is a... This is a um, Medical or a health decision, Not a and that's what decision. you know. Everyone keeps talking about the economy. Believe me, we're feeling it too. What's the point of an economy if you don't have people to be there in the economy? If everyone's dead, what does it matter? It doesn't matter at all. You know, you can't spend anyway if people aren't around to be able to spend. So, I, again, I use a lot of analogies because I think they make a lot more sense. And it's the same thing. It's like when you go to your doctor, and your doctor tells you, you need to have an operation because you're really sick. You don't argue with him or her. You're like, "No, nah, you know what? As a matter of fact, no. I don't want to do that. We're going to do it this way. It's like, wait a second. So it's the same scenario here. This is a health decision. They're a health expert. They say, hey, look, this is what has to happen. This is what we modeled. You know, not we don't know 100%. Nobody knows 100%, but based on all of our collective experience and our collective wisdom yeah. and our education, we believe this is to be the safest thing for it. Now,
0: you need to, sorry, I'm I'm going to interrupt you for a second. You need to stop banging on your, your table. i sensing all your pressure. We're hearing all this background noise. <laughs> all right. I know it's emotional. Uh, I know it's emotional for you, man. It's an emotional time. (laughs) uh, I I think you're.
2: I I just think it's. I think that's important, you know, that for people to remember that, you know. And I don't think anyone wants this. None of us want this. It's just what I think is what has to happen. And I think at some point we need to start slowly slowly opening up again. I I believe that, of course, we got to get back to normal. So the way it generally works is this: is that you have something that is a problem. You have a cluster. And we call it an epidemic. You yeah. know, there's a cluster that goes on as an epidemic. If it becomes extremely widespread, very widespread, even on a you know, international or global scale, it becomes a pandemic. Yeah. And that affects everybody. And then what ends up the next stage after that is you either contain it or deal with it. Or if you can't deal with your epidemic that became a pandemic, then the disease or the pathology becomes endemic, which means it's here to stay. Now it's just our job to learn how to deal with it. You got to go about your day and learn how to deal with With a lot of chronic diseases that are very prevalent or other infectious diseases that are relatively prevalent, like HIV, AIDS, and so forth. I mean, they're just, they're here to stay. We just figure out how to work around them. And I suspect that's what's going to
1: be with this at some point. Interesting. I mean, we talked about that where, where, you know, there is no blueprint for this type of um, uh, pandemic. I don't think any country or any health system is prepared for it. And I think, the, the, yeah. From a medical standpoint, we needed this lockdown to figure out what's going on, prepare for extreme cases, anybody in critical critical care or ICUs or any of the ventilators. Yeah, and, and to
0: allow allow the hospitals, some of the hospitals, some of the countries to kind of ramp up and be ready for it and for have sure. the infrastructure.
2: to Well, in yeah. Right. I mean, I that, that's the, I mean, you know, so there is obviously we have, it's unprecedented, right? The, the, the previous time, something like this was the 1918 flu, you know, yeah, what they call Spanish. the Spanish flu, yeah. you know, which is a misnomer, by the way. Yeah. I'm sure you guys know that. I mean, it was, it's not actually a Spanish flu, say, <laughs> but um, they called it the Spanish flu because it was at the time of, the, of World War I or around that time. And be, in order to keep morale of the country, they were censoring the amount of people that had the flu. And the only one of the very few places that did not have censorship uh, of uh, the press was Spain. So the numbers in Spain were huge and huge and huge and huge. So they, huge and on called, them. they called it the Spanish flu, but it, it wasn't. It was, it was everywhere else. It's just that people you know, were censoring it because they're like, oh, my God, if we know that in the United States or the UK, the numbers are so high, everyone's morale moralism. I mean, what's the point of us dealing with this or that? <laughs> Everything's so, bad. so that's why it got the name the Spanish flu. But it's actually not a Spanish flu at all. But okay. similarly, like the H1N1, you know, the SARS, yeah. COVID-1, the, the MERS, Middle East uh, Respiratory uh, Virus, same thing, were similar to this. But this was obviously on a much uh, larger and much more infectious and contagious scale, no doubt.
1: Well, the thing is, you know, our travel habits from 1920 to now have changed as well, where people are, are traveling across the globe much faster, much more, um, much more than the usual. So, so the spreading will be much higher as well
2: right no yeah i mean exactly I mean, people are in so much more co- uh, close contact you can go from one place to the next much quicker you're right I and mean, that's the problem that's the whole concept of contact tracing and how to find people that and and that's why putting everybody um, on on lockdown or shutting everything down for a little bit is going to be painful for everybody no doubt but hopefully that way you can help mitigate that and you know when we talk about flattening the curve you know yeah. the goal really is uh the goal really is to allow um us to us, when I say yeah, healthcare, I mean, to, to have enough resources to deal with Absolutely. the problem. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That, that's the issue. People that get on the vent usually are on the vent for around three weeks, 21 days. And that's a long time to be long. on a vent. Yeah. That's I a very that. long time to be on a vent. And so, that means that ventilator is now used up for three weeks. And so, you don't have another ventilator. So, you got to wait three. You know, one guy gets on a vent or one guy or girl gets on a vent. Then you got to wait three weeks before that vent's available. And, you know, the, uh, wow. the mortality is, 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 is is high if you're on a bit.
0: Yeah. Now, are you seeing a lot of younger younger people? I th- th- this is a big thing, right? People. A lot of people have that feeling, like, yeah, sixty and above. As long as I'm not in that age bracket, I'm cool. Is that? A- so
2: we haven't seen a lot of younger people per se, but that's not to say that that isn't the case. I mean, I have a lot of colleagues around the country and around the world that see a lot of younger people. You know, but the point is, even though you're not, may not get sick. You know, you may even though you may not get sick, you as any age can be a vector to transmit it. Yeah, of course. That's exactly. the problem. Yeah, okay. that's the issue. Is that, you know, it's dealing with you know, we talk about all these sick people. You you talk about the numbers earlier on the media, but you you know the numbers are, are super high, uh, but they're way higher for the infected and not necessarily the dead. We you know so the point is you know there's there's a high rate. Not everyone gets super sick, but a lot of people have a virus. Yes. And so that's the whole point you can be a, you can continue to transmit this to other people, even if you're asymptomatic or annoying, yeah.
0: which is a problem. Yeah. It's interesting. It is an interesting thing and it's a big debate. And I think, you know, a, a lot of people that talk about the economy and the economic implications are also saying that, you know, that in itself can create additional health uh, impact, right? Like right. people going into poverty, people, the stress, the depression, all these other kind of conditions that are an outcome of being unemployed or being, you know, uh, marginalized in such a situation. So,
2: yeah, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, the economic and mental and financial impact of this is going to be unprecedented. I mean, I'm not uh, going to even try to guess about all that. that that's going to be there's no doubt about that we're feeling it all ourselves i mean we have exactly lots of people we you know that are being furloughed losing their jobs the unemployment again i'm talking specifically in the united states because those numbers are pretty dramatic uh, over here but you know i'm sure that's felt around the world yeah uh, but uh, again it's you know again it's a it's a health decision you know it's a health yep. decision i think when the two when the two curves or the two lines cross you know where it's like Health-wise, it's safe enough and economies, you know, hurting. I think that's when you should start discussing it. But on the uptick, I, I, don't, I just don't think it's safe.
0: So you think it's definitely in the U.S. setting right now and your setting right now. It's way too early to start easing things up. That's, that's the, the vibe that we're getting.
2: I, I, currently, right now, in summer, like, so, you know, Michigan's an epicenter. So we're, you know, ours is very high, but our, our curve is flattening. So I don't think it's unreasonable to slowly start thinking about loosening things down a little bit. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it's unreasonable to do that. But I, I think that up front, it, it should have been more aggressive. Fair. You know, it's one of those. And I think now our our uh, admission and our stay-at-home orders were just to extend, like I said, yesterday. Or day before yesterday, we extended for another two weeks till the end of May, even though we were supposed to open up on the 15th.
0: So how are you keeping yourself busy during these stay-at-home? Are you staying at home? Are you listening well, so, to the orders so, <laughs> other than coming you know, to the office well,
2: and- yeah, I mean like you know, I it, it doesn't I, I don't want to say that it doesn't really affect me all that much because you know, uh we're 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 technically, I mean by society, not by me, <laughs> but by society we're considered essential <laughs> workers. <laughs> So uh, you know, so we, I like, you know, I like we how say, you
0: put that disclaimer. Not by me, I'm you know, saying, I'm not some I'm conceited saying. bastard.
2: I I'm just say it. I mean, I was just like, that's what you know. I'm just doing what they tell us to do. They tell me I'm essential. So I, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I like so, no, so we, kind of, you know, unfortunately, not to joke around too much, but you know, the virus doesn't know. Uh, ethnicity or religion or color or race or anything, you know, and, and 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 it sure it sure as hell doesn't respect your weekends and holidays and nights. So, True. you know, we're still coming in as we need to. Obviously, like I said, a lot of the elective, non-emergent stuff has been postponed. Yeah. even yeah. though we started opening up this past week, slowly, slowly, we started opening up.
0: Cool, man. Yeah. So now, now you've been how long have you been a doctor? Now, I can't. I, when we first met. You were still yeah. in school, weren't you? In, in 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 Ireland, right? Yeah,
2: I was. Yeah, I was trading. You know? So
0: so me and Nick, me and me and Doctor Nick go way back. We actually the first time we met, I had just moved to Bahrain. It was maybe, I don't know, the first or second week I was there, and I was with oh, wow. at my business partner's place. Shout out Yusuf Fakhro, uh, and I well. see, and I see <laughs> this guy uh, sun sunbathing on the pool sitting there reading some, I don't know what the hell you were reading, something really well, well above my <laughs> abilities, right? Uh, and yeah, and then we just started chatting up. So he, he was your I'm, I'm inspiration
1: to become a master.
0: Well, well uh, definitely. There is deep down inside. There is deep down inside. Yeah. You know? They're deep, they're deep, <laughs> deep rooted. <they're deep laughs> <deep. laughs> I want to be so, that guy. So so how, <laughs> yeah. how, lo- how, lo- how long have you been practicing now? It's, it's been a long
2: time. I've been practicing, I've been practicing up here that's for that's like, six years, up in this spot over here. Okay, I've been out. Wow, it's it's been busy. It's been challenging, but it's been good. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's been good. It's been good. Well, okay. it's been a minute since I've been back your way. It's I know. I was
0: just trying to think. When was the last time I seen you, man? I seen you. that
2: was like it was, it was a long time ago.
0: It Was a long time ago. So do you uh, do you do you come back to the region at all, or or you just stay I, and-
2: I'm, I'm, no? I mean, it's my my goal is to come back and, and visit. But I just haven't been, been unable to. And then now with these restrictions—only God even, knows what yeah, we're able even to do. It's crazier, right? I mean, I'm not even sure I want to get on a plane, actually.
0: <laughs> well, this is—we yeah. were that's talking about a that as well, mark. man. I was saying that even if I felt comfortable getting on the plane, my problem is what's waiting for me on the other side, right? So whether that's right. hotels, hotel rooms, uh, interactions with people randomly, like, man, you know, not every place is running in in the exact same speed, right? So uh,
2: right, no. You, you definitely you definitely start tripping. You start wondering about a whole bunch of different stuff, and you're, like, not sure, you know, things that you never thought about before, and now you worry about them. For sure. Uh, and I think, I think up front that it's important, I think, to be somewhat, uh, not skeptical, but you know, have to be careful, I think, up front, because the thing is real. You know, it's, uh, I think it's far removed from a lot of people, particularly if you're not a healthcare person, but for healthcare people, you know, we, you you know, we it, it, it's real. It, it, it's real. It's real. You know, it's real.
0: So, so, oh. so again, coming back to why I was asking you about how long you've been doing it, I'm sure through your time, you've seen some crazy shit, right? I'm sure, oh. right? Oh,
2: so I mean, so much. <laughs> there's stuff I could, I don't know tell you all stuff on the air, but I've seen some <laughs> crazy, some crazy stuff. <laughs> some crazy well, stuff.
0: Look, the wonders of the internet is what is that it allows you to be free. You can yeah. say whatever the hell you want. There's no no censorship on this, man. So you can give it to us. But yeah, obviously. Within the confines of you're not saying names of people or things like that. Right, but, oh yeah. But uh but well, yeah, what's what's some of the crazy things that you see, what you experience, man? Things during the time when you were studying up until now, you know, it'd be Oh
2: man, there is yeah, there is all I mean there wow, we saw I mean we see all kinds of traumas, we've seen all kinds of, I mean yeah, you know, so first of all, the disclaimer is, you know. Crazy. Crazy is a very relative term. You know, things <laughs> that you guys think be crazy are probably normal for me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> That's from the true. stuff that we so, so, so you know, my crazy is probably way different than your crazy. So so crazy
0: I, to the power of, of five, like for for in your world, right? So probably
2: yeah, I mean like, you know, we've seen like I think we've spoken about this before, but you know, we've seen like uh obviously all kinds of ruptured organs. We've seen broken type organs.
0: Uh, (laughs) you just reminded me now i remember the story now i remember the story so (laughs) which one are you talking about about the The water i think the analogy you gave me at the time was the water hose was kind of your depiction of 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 how that scenario played out water hose
2: we saw we saw oh yeah i know what you're talking about it was a traumatic it was basically a traumatic penile fracture yeah i think that's the
0: yeah, is it, would it be the, called a fracture? Is that
2: a fracture? It, uh, it, it, it's actually called a fracture, even though it's not a bone, even though I, mean, I guess all guys think it's a bone, but it's really not a bone, <laughs> it's a muscle. Yeah. But uh, you can, in fact, uh, actually uh, fracture it. And, you know, the outer layer is called the tunica albuginia, and then if that breaks and fills up with blood, then it can be a problem. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, that, I, want, I want to refine that hose analogy to maybe like a pretzel, you know, like a... Pretzel. Oh,
0: is it, is it, is, it oh, is it like that? It's like a pretzel? <laughs> it's like yeah. a pretzel
2: right? <laughs>
0: it's, 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 <laughs>
2: freak everybody so, out. Do you
1: stitch it or do you let it heal or
2: Actually you know what? Well, uh, I could tell you that we uh so you know, you have to drain a lot of uh blood first, but uh, after that actually there is there's people that are dedicated in that, urologists, and so we don't do those anymore. That goes out of our uh out oh, of our real. Life. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that, that, that's for somebody oh, else. Oh,
0: man. You know that right now, every male person that's watching this right now is all yeah. like
2: crazy. Hey. It's crazy. <laughs> well,
0: that can happen. Yeah, yeah. It can happen.
2: Yes. It's real. That stuff is real, too. It's, it's as real as the corona.
0: Yeah. You know it's as real, it's, it's real. as real as the corona. <laughs> the disclaimer of the day, guys take it easy. When you're doing your thing yeah. with your lady friends or your male friends, take it easy. It can happen. It can break, man. It's easy. Can break. Yeah. yeah,
2: that thing is, you got, you got to baby that thing. <laughs> I, have
1: so, go ahead. I, have, I have one for you. So, I have, I have yeah. this debate between myself and my wife uh, regarding the keto diet. So, say yeah. three, four years ago, um, I got into keto, tried it out. First month didn't really follow it properly. Month two, month three, month four, I was strict with it. During that time, I developed these blood clots in my left calf so the vein in my calf started like the varicose vein style thing started um, in, um swelling guys. oh i'm sorry uh, guys. yeah i, I, I know I, I know what a blood clot in is. <laughs> so so yeah.
0: she thinks she
1: thinks keto has something to do with it give it to us man yeah. is give there a relation yeah. between that and your diet what because it's a high fat diet i i cut out the carbs
2: So no i i, I actually i'm not aware of that actually so i'm not aware of any particular link or association with being, with with VT, venous thrombomalism and keto diets. Actually, I'm not aware of that. Um, I'd have to see if there's any new literature about that, but I don't think so. Now, if you don't keep yourself hydrated, you know, you're not exactly active and so forth. There's a variety of other things that can predispose to that, right. but it'd be relatively unusual. And then, do you know it was a blood clot, or is that
1: what you think it was a blood clot? I went to the doctor. He's like, okay, take these blood thinners that will eventually destroy that blood clot, and you should be fine. And they did. They did an ultrasound of your leg and all that. Yes, they did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of times, a lot of people. Okay. Th-
2: so that makes sense. But a lot of people will, if you have a clotted varicose vein, a lot of people will call that, you know, a blood clot in your vein, and that's not in fact, not in
1: fact, it's not the right true. term. It's not the correct term.
2: No. Yeah. So, so the the, the clots in your veins, which is known as a DVT, stands for deep vein thrombosis, which is a deep vein of the leg. Now that's not a varicose vein. If you have a clot in the deep vein, that's a that's a big deal. I mean, that needs to be treated on blood thinners. If you have varicose veins and they, you know, those clot off, that's not a problem. That's actually the only thing you're supposed to do for that is a warm compress and, you know, something like an anti-inflammatory, like ibuprofen or
1: something.
2: Okay. You know. So, but if they, in fact, identify in the deep veins, then you need to be able to look there, And that's unusual.
1: Okay. No, I, remember, I see a
2: lot of people do. You know, I remember DVT. I think you know, yeah, you remember DVT. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And so that's, like, that's unusual. I mean, you shouldn't be getting that. If, you know, at a, for a male at a young age, it's
1: unusual. Thank you for thinking I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say are you wearing compression socks I did I did but it's, it's gone it's no longer there yeah. it's not an issue um, it's only okay. happened on the left leg um, I used to get it before keto that's why I was arguing there I'm like no no. I used to get it from before but it wasn't that big of a deal but then it got to a point where it was painful um, Yeah, that's, around the calf you, what, what, what blood thinner do you take just that oh, it's been a while it's been a while um, over yeah. four years I don't remember
0: so, so now can I, can I call you a blood clot <laughs> is, is, is that an appropriate term <laughs> As long as I can call you a bumper clock. Hold on. Hold on a second. Blood clock. I was waiting. I was holding that one back. I was just saving it, <laughs> wanting you to finish just to say it. Big up. Big up, so guys. The reason why I got up so just so everyone knows, as we're going through our teething problems, you know, uh, just making sure that the cameras and everything operate, we're good, we're good, we're right? good, we're good. So, so, so we're we're slowly going through this. So yeah, man. Doctor Nick is is one of my really old friends, man. So uh That's So yeah, how long you guys amazing. known each other? Two thousand and five. Wow. Two thousand and five. But we don't we don't get. A lot of opportunity to see each other. We don't, we don't stay in touch as much. So it was, a, it was a really good excuse. Thank you, Corona. Well, this is it. Thank you, Corona. Gave us a, a reason. And thanks to the podcast. Gave me a reason to, to, to reach mm, out.
1: Not to discount the, the, the seriousness of Corona. But one of the positive things I figured I, I realized the other day is mm. we don't have any more traffic. Amazing. No more rush hour traffic. i it. Thank
0: you, Corona. No traffic. And I'm loving I'm sure there's a lot of positive things to the, to the environment as Definitely. well, right?
2: Um, there is so. a lot of great things for the environment. There's no more pollution. Yeah. You can see. i you seen all the videos and the pictures now around the world? It's crazy. You can see like the Himalayas, in Venice, the Himalayas, and like in Venice, there's like dolphins in the in the <laughs> yeah. There's dolphins. The it's yeah,
0: it's crazy.
2: I don't know. I, I, it's nice to see some nice stuff every now and then. So sorry, guys. I thought they were calling me overhead. I couldn't. No, no worries. No worries at
0: all. So uh, so yeah. Other than you okay do you subscribe to any of these diets so since we got on the whole diet thing you know and and Leith is big on he oh. did he did the keto, I like intermittent fasting, where do you stand on all these things
2: i I like the keto, I think it works, but uh I think you have to be and i mean and you know must have done keto a long term, but uh but I think you gotta be very careful about um about some of the dieting fads that are out there. Uh, and I and I'm saying that actually from a medical perspective. So like we've had several people that are on these new diets, uh keto in particular, some of these um super low carb ones. Um and uh, you know, it, and and the diet let's just say it's supposed to be for two or three months, yeah, or three to five months or whatever it may be, you know. And so some people are like, well, they have a great response the first two, three months, and so they want to keep pushing it. Keep
0: going.
2: Yeah, and and push it. Keep pushing it. So um sorry. They keep uh pushing it and so what ends up happening is actually it's now you're now five six seven months in and they come in and they know they're losing all their hair because you become malnourished because you know like it's supposed to be for just a few you know months or whatever it is so you got to be careful if it's a if it's you know you try this for three weeks on then two weeks off three weeks on two weeks i mean you got to kind of follow that because after a while you end up just straight up being malnourished you start losing you you don't keep up minerals and vitamins and so forth it ends up being a little bit of an issue, so I caution people on that kind of stuff
0: what's interesting for me was when i when I was reading up about keto and i and I read that it was initially developed uh to battle or was found to be quite effective with epilepsy with with children right is is that kind of how it was initially derived or or utilized was they found it to be very effective in reducing seizures so
2: i've read some stuff about that i'm not sure how it exactly came out to be but i understand so i'm a biochemist by nature um you know by education i mean so uh i can understand how you know low carb and things like that along the 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 cascading events you know biochemistry work um, but specifically with regards to seizure type activity i can't comment on that i'm not sure i'm not sure how it came out to be but i can tell you though that the results are great i mean you obviously drop carbs you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're definitely gonna shred, and you're gonna shred a lot for sure. Uh, how long you're able to maintain that is a different story, and, and then it's also very difficult to say no to some, some fries. Well, say, this is
0: it, and I think people don't understand that. Like, just as a point, and again, I'm not an expert, but I, I think I'm kind of well read about this is that you're not, an expert, but you're not an expert, but you're a master. I'm a master, you know? yes, I like it. Even I got Dr. Nick saying it, so um. <laughs> No, is that people need to differentiate between what, what they call a modified Atkins, so a, a a low carb but not a keto level low carb, because people don't understand to get into a, a state of ketosis, you have to go to a very extreme level of low carbs, like in the yeah. range of of what is it, like twenty to thirty maximum grams per day. Uh, grams per day. Yeah. So so don't get that those two confused. Right. Your body will not is not in ketosis. If you're just on a low carb diet, you really need to go to the extreme to, to qualify. And it takes time for your body to go into ketosis. So you need to be on the diet for two weeks and you boost yourself out the second you have a bowl of pasta. And I think people need to understand, differentiate between those two things.
2: Yeah, I think you can I think doing it, doing it a little bit here and a little bit there really does not put you in a state of ketosis. Exactly. So you either got to be all in or not or not, but like I said, I caution people just make sure that you know it can't go on definitely that is supposed to be a uh you know a intermittent thing or you know a phased thing, but you can not or um, I guess there are people who do it long term, but you got to be very careful about that. But that yeah,
1: they, be- they micro like they 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 count every single calorie, every single yeah. protein, every single that's going into yeah, Just as
2: long, yeah, just as long as you're getting your appropriate minerals and vitamins, yep, exactly. Awesome. But like a lot of people just cut everything out and then think you'll be fine. You're basically starving yourself, which yeah. you know you can do for a couple of days, but then at some point it becomes problematic.
1: For me, mainly it was the energy level. So my energy spiked through the roof, and it was it was uh, it was maintained throughout the day. Once you know really? once, yeah with with carbs i I have the carb crash within
0: an hour or two after eating, yeah, and so keto, with, you just get a nice level I'm, I'm level, consistent throughout the day yeah a level a level feeling, so I don't know yeah i've I've heard that, I mean, I tried to do keto, but it was too challenging, man to be honest, like too it was restrictive. just so I mean, it so unnatural, like the amount of fat yeah. that you take yeah. in is just it's absurd, right, so uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a challenge, but you're talking about intermittent and obviously i'm gonna Segue into intermittent fasting. How do you feel about that? Like, I've heard a lot of really good things. Are they, is it, is it true? So they say like helps with cellular regeneration helps uh, in some cases with type two diabetes immunity. to reverse that, yeah. you know, by, by settling your insulin levels. Is that, is that factual? Is that real true? Science? Don't,
2: I, I don't know that it's the true science. I know a lot of, I, I know multiple people that are doing it. They have great results. But I really can't comment, you know, about the exact science nature of that. Uh, I, I'm not certain, actually. There's a lot of stuff either which way, but I, I can't say that I've researched it enough. Have you done it? Guy. Have you
0: personally done it? Intermittent fasting? You ever try it? I,
2: I No. I, I can't. I can't bring myself to, like, just not eat. Uh, you breakfast? You're a breakfast guy?
0: Yeah. I'm, uh Cereal? A, uh, Cereal? Eggs? Uh, uh-oh. No. I'm,
2: yeah. We're,
0: I'm like an egg kind of guy. You're an, you're an egg kind of guy. Okay, good. Well, me, I, 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 to be honest, I did it and I have done it for quite a long time. Uh, probably, let's say, pretty consistently, about 70, 80% of my days over the last four years or so, uh, I've been doing intermittent fasting at 16 by 8. So I generally, my last meal of the day is around 8 p.m. And then, uh, and then I break, break my fast uh, at noon. But obviously, I drink a lot of water. I, I do drink black coffee during that fasted state, uh, but nothing that will spike the insulin. So no sugar, no, no carbs, no, none of that stuff. Have you noticed that. any results? I mean, oh, absolutely! You... Like I, I feel really good. I, I got very used to it, and uh, and to be honest, like I I feel it does control uh, control the waste for sure. Right. If I do it consistently for you know a couple of weeks, it definitely slims me down. And just by nature, by default, you imagine that your 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 window of eating is is less. So by default, you eat less, right? So yeah, right.
2: Yeah. So like I said, I have I have a lot of friends that have done it, and they have great results. I just it's just not realistic I, I mean at least for me in my line of work like you know it's just it's yeah. impossible because there, you, there's no predictability yeah. you know some days are very long some days don't end some days we're at work for 35 36 38 hours and we don't even go home yeah. so it's it, it's you know so there it's just impossible i mean i i guess we don't eat when you're operating obviously but yeah. you know when you're done you know you want to get something to eat usually or you know or, or you're not sure when your next time is going to be that you eat so you, you end up overeating or snacking
0: a lot i think it's that tends to be but dude you just said something it stresses me out whenever i hear doctors or people in healthcare say that when you start talking crazy hours 30 hours 35 hours man i don't know my decision making gets jacked up after 18 hours the thought of someone inside me messing with me like life and death literally and this guy's been on 20 you know whatever like completely sleep deprived this is when you go from I'd master to phd no i'd be concerned like i don't know i don't know how <laughs> you feel difference. about that like i'm sure well, it must impact your performance right well there's no doubt that it takes a
2: toll i mean you know but we're we're trained that way but of course if there's at any point that we feel that it's not safe or that we're not feeling safe then you don't do it uh, absolutely not I mean, you you actually ask a partner to come take over and that's not an unusual thing at all sometimes you know some nights you get you know, destroyed and you're very busy. you got a lot of things going on. The next day, you just can't do what you need to do. So you cancel your elective cases, you cancel your clinic. You know, I mean, obviously patient care is most important thing first yeah. and safety. And so if you're unable to take care of that, then, you know, then you really just don't. And it doesn't happen very often. I mean, you know, you maybe may um, get a lot of phone calls overnight, but to, to be working straight for 35, 38 hours straight is extremely, extremely unusual. And like I said, there's always support to assist with that as much as you can.
0: Was that something that you used to experience a little bit more in your younger days when you were initially starting where you used to do longer hours? Or is that something that's just been continuous?
2: Yeah, it's I, yes, I think before and that, that's primarily because of your comfort level, you know, your decision making. And you know, now you you know, you know, okay, this one needs to happen and you do what you need to do and you're done. Before you're like, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. And they're all right answers. They're not like they're wrong, but it's just a matter of, you know, which point you decide. So. You know, I think, uh, obviously, the more experience you become, the easier it is for you to do with anything. So I think your time starts to get shorter and shorter. You know,
1: I have one for you. How do you pick a certain niche within the medical sector? So you, you obviously do your understudy.
0: Man, I hold up. I'm going to bring this up. I remember having this conversation and we were talking and you were debating doing plastics. And I was telling you, man, go into freaking plastics, bro. <laughs> Right, go into no, but like you know sell I mean? your soul. Forget helping people. Help people look good. You know what I
1: mean. So, so going from you know, oh, I'm going to be a plastic surgeon. Or I'm going to be the guy that fixes the penile fractures. How is that decision? <laughs> how's, the, how's that decision? <laughs> well, definitely not the latter for sure. Uh,
2: it was. It, it's. I. You know. It's. I, when you do a whole bunch of training, you end up finding stuff that you just become more interested in. So I don't really have a, a good answer other than um, I was just mesmerized with vascular. The stuff there is extremely uh, high risk patients, very difficult, um, technically extremely challenging. Uh, you know, operations, and there is a wide variety. Like like we were talking about earlier on uh, on, on the call. You know, you can go from minimally invasive stuff to maximally invasive stuff to mm-hmm. medical management, you know, surgery, so you know, the, the the day is never the same. Yeah. You're, you know, and then what I what I tell you know my students or my residents is uh everything everything has a blood supply. So you know so you can you can operate one day in the neck, one day in the arm, one day in the chest, one day in the leg, one day in the toe. Know open, closed, endo, you yeah. know, there's all these other options. So, sure. the variety in the case mix is extremely interesting, but of course, you have to know a lot now because you know there's so many things you need to know because you know, you can be
1: anywhere.
2: yeah, yeah, and then you're and then you have to also be involved in a lot of uh, other specialties, including plastics or including people with uh, penile fractures because there's blood supplies there. So, sometimes sure. they call you to come here stuff. So, it, it's never boring. The only issue with it is that, as we said earlier. Everything needs a blood supply. So when you don't have a blood supply, you got to fix it quickly. So there's a lot of emergencies, and that's, way that, that's, that's, that, that's that 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 can make it tough for most people. Is everything needs to be taken care of quickly? Man, plus we we deal with we deal with clots too, by the way.
0: Oh, you do you deal with clots as well? So I'm dealing with a blood clot, and and, and you deal with blood clots as well. Oh yeah, we do. Oh yeah. Man, <laughs> I'm telling you something about Nick. Uh do you remember the game uh guitar guitar, guitar hero? hero? Was it guitar hero? Guitar Hero. I love that game. Uh, a rock band. Rock band. That's what it rock was. Band. Rock band. Man, I have seen quite a bit of people play that game. But man, watching Dr. Nick on that thing was like mesmerizing. Well, he's a surgeon. I know it was mesmerizing. To see his... Dude, like, he put it on the most hard level, and he'd just be, like, going through it, man. It was unreal, unreal. So do you still dude, that, watch, that, that,
2: that. you still make time yeah, for video well,
0: games? You still... Uh, uh,
2: unfortunately, not that kind of time anymore. But uh, but that was super fun. I mean, those are great.
0: Yeah.
2: such a, It's such a great game.
0: It is, Expert it is. level. It is. But it was wild to see him do it. That's so, amazing. Uh, yeah. So pretty cool. Look, uh, Dr. Nick, man, honestly... It's been a pleasure. It's just been awesome just to see you again, man. Uh, I really appreciate you giving time up from your crazy schedule, and 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 showing us some love, man. It's really cool. Really, really cool. Much love,
2: man. Thank you, guys, for real. Actually, so man. I have a question for you guys. Tell me, what the, the pots behind you? I want to know what that's about. <laughs> uh, I just I want to know what is that. I think I like can ask me that or?
0: question because yeah. it's his, his
1: wall, not and mine. Th- this
0: is this is my wall, so it's just. <laughs> Decorative pieces, <laughs> they were done, they were done by uh I wish my, my uh I wish brother-in-law's <laughs> wife. So it's a really phenomenal uh gift that they gave us. It's, it's really nice, really It's, it. it's, it's super cool. I guess I've never seen it before. So yeah, this is the touch, man. This is my wife's touch. Shout out to Best Man and her amazing skills. So what up? Let's uh let's wrap it up. Uh thanks guys for joining us on another episode of Stay in Your Lane. Uh, please subscribe down there uh hit us up with a like and watch out for more videos in the future hopefully we keep pumping these babies out and and you guys show us some love
1: thank you dr nick thank you very much thank you See you. Take care, guys take care take care cheers Peace.